1: It's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs. We are your host, Chris Schubert, here floating around producing this thing with not only LED lights in the background, but a nightlight as well. Hopefully Chris can see his way through his room as he navigates the cabin. Uh, we are from the draft network. We're brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You will always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends over at Bet Online, they are your continued source for all sports wagering information. Of course, they feature live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. They have every sport, so head on over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just be sure to use our promo code BLEAP—that's B L E A V—to receive your rewards. It's Bet Online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day to you!
2: the hell's going on here
1: what i had choices and I that's cho- the one you picked and that's yeah. the one that you yeah. chose uh, national take the stairs day national milk day which makes sense because it's the patriots levy grail here in a few minutes but i wanted to say happy milk. national step oh, in I, the Puddle and uh, well friends well done <laughs> well, well done well done
2: yeah we haven't started the segment yet so that, know, that's that's job well done ah. <laughs> happy national Kyle builds IKEA furniture day today. Oh God. My new work desk.
1: Oh, is it is it up and running? Oh yeah. Do you want me to text you a picture? I, yeah. I'd like to okay, see. Okay, cool. All, all right, see, hold on. You had a choice to make. I think that if you choose a desk for your new office, I think it says a lot about who you are as a person. Oh standing, Kyle has not he's taking standing, the picture.
3: Yeah, well he said well, you asked him. He said so. I was, I thought maybe a, he had one handy. Yeah, I'm I'm getting into the standing desk game soon. That's gonna be my next desk. I think it's gonna be one of those standing desks that you can adjust. You know, if I want to stand up, I can stand up. If I want to sit, I can sit. I think that's gonna be the next direction that I go. But the desk choices is key for what we do. We sit at our desks for most of the day. And so Major Key. (laughs) DJ Colin, Did you send it to both of us or did you just send
1: it to
2: Joe? I haven't sent it to anybody yet. Would you I could put it in the group text? Yeah, if you could put it in the group text, that'd be great.
1: But the problem with the group text is, you know, one of our Chris, Chris isn't on the uh
2: the Some iPhone playing. so we get the green the green text bubbles. So there won't but there won't be a green
3: bubble if I don't respond. Yeah. But you know,
2: nothing to worry about.
3: Right, here's two uh, is that why you don't respond? No, well, no, there are other reasons. Uh check the tape, both have a here's topic a third picture. To both have a topic for check the tape. We have three check the tape on Kyle's home office, Levy grail teams to get to today. <laughs> I believe I've already decided which three they were. Yes. Patriots lions and Steelers are yeah, the I three teams. say that. Cause those the uh, 3 I'm ready to talk about. There's the desk that Kyle oh. has sent us. Oh, wow. You got, it's like a, it's like a bit of a, like it's an L shape. Oh, you got the little cubby on the side that you can, mm-hmm. you can drop stuff side. into. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Kyle. Can I, can I, as your friend, can I just tell you something? Yes. We need a better chair.
2: I do, yeah. This is a chair from my old office. So yeah, this, we need a chair upgrade immediately. I am. I'm aware of the situation with the chair. I'm just. I have to sit in something. No, no, no. Agreed,
3: time. agreed, agreed. Love, love having both Xbox 360 and the Xbox One there in the. Background. Yeah, and the this
2: only reason fantastic. I have the 360 is for NCAA 14.
3: Well, you know, it's a good reason to have the. Good, Xbox. like. I like, I like the new... modern.
1: The modern look. You know, it's kind of a simple. Sleek, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's, I like the uh, simplicity of it. I like that cubby on the side. I think I'm minimalistic. Yeah, I think is, great. is. He's the back on the desktop too, which is huge.
2: Back on the huge, massive, huge move for me. Did the factory maybe, reset on my my iMac.
3: Maybe we'll post one of these pictures to the, to the social media account. No, not do ask that. people what they should, what they, what Kyle should upgrade. No, no, Kyle has.
1: doesn't. No, no the, yeah, Kyle's got some know. things. To, no, he's got work to do. He's not ready for all that. All right, well, wait. Then we'll we'll keep. I'll wait till I'm done. Wait until all, right. I'm done. Right. We'll, all right. Yeah, my guy's clearly
3: not ready. Okay. All right. What are we checking the tape on, gentlemen?
1: Check the, the tape. Jesus Christ! People <laughs> Joe, don't realize how loud that is in my ears. But Maybe Joe, it, come, it, Joe, come on! You know he's gonna push a button. No, you no, know we do. But it. it's it's sometimes the first one always gets you. I'll be ready from this point forward. But that it, threw me off.
3: You know, normally when you're doing like a podcast or a radio show, the producer's the one with control of the soundboard, and well, I have control. I can push all of the buttons,
2: but, but c- you don't. But Kyle Chris has decided to- he doesn't want anything to do with it. So now it's it's my responsibility and my cross to bear to to make sure that I'm ripping on the soundboard throughout. That's the show. Not, that's not entirely true. I would I will do it if the time is right. You just
3: seem to get enjoy. You just seem to enjoy it. So I kind of let you have that lane to yourself because you've added okay. things to the soundboard. You've had a good time. I have. With it. I have. I'm going to take ownership of uh, all the obnoxious clips. Now Joe has a- asked for things to get added to the soundboard, so Joe is at least somewhat a fan of the soundboard.
1: Well, now that it's functioning, and I hear, so- I'm a big press conference guy, I like listening to him. Uh, as I see clips, I'll you know I'll feed the beast. He's
2: got a couple suggestions, but we're we're okay. checking the tape today. We oh, are sure. checking the tape. All right, so um, I have a prospect, Kyle. What do you got? Uh, I am going to keep mine a mystery until after you're done. Oh, okay.
1: With yours. All right, I, I'll go first, and I don't I don't know if this is going to take a lot of time because this player is really, really good, but he's got one big question mark, and this player is from the Utah Utes cornerback Clark Phillips mm. III. Uh, good, 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 good football player. Um, originally committed to Ohio State. I thought that was a fun little footnote in this this research that obviously you do when you scout a player. Um, big loss for Ohio State, man. Right, like This is exactly the kind of player that they would love to have. It's just like the the, the the Ohio State corner situation was such a celebrated thing for so long, but really they've been in a slump with corners, and for them to miss out on Clark Phillips has to be quite a gut punch. But Clark Phillips goes to Utah, starts every game, every single game that he was on campus for, 31 in a row and was the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year this past season. And the ball production is just incredible. He had uh, nine career interceptions, four pick sixes, um, just a really productive career. And, and as um, one of the things that I love about our process at the Draft Network is we watch players uh, at, at multiple points in their journey, um, so that way we can really understand their growth as a player. And, and for Clark, this – Last watch that I recently did being the third one, you know, once kind of after each season and the most recent one before this one being from the summer to watch the 2021 stuff, I feel really good about just how year over year he's gotten better and better and better. Now, one thing that's always been evident about Clark Phillips is that he's a quick, twitchy, fluid athlete, right? He's got the hips and feet that you're looking for in a corner. He have no question about his athletic profile to mirror and match routes and stay in phase and stay connected. He's got that ability. But what I really like is I thought he became uh, much tighter in coverage this year, both in zone and man, where you can just tell the recognition, the processing skills really, really ramped up this year. And he was able to really maximize that foot speed and that hip mobility to stay connected because the coverage instincts, I thought, really, really came into their own this past year. And kind of coming out of that Ohio State game in the Rose Bowl, where There was all the points in the world scored in that game, but Clark Phillips wasn't part of the problem. He was the guy making the big-time plays um, and really put him on the radar for a lot of people, and then he just carried that game into this year and was dynamic all season long. Uh, Really loved when you compare the two matchups against Jordan Addison uh, this past year, where I thought the first time, Addison probably had more wins than Phillips, but then in that last game, Clark Phillips, you could tell, was really ready for that moment and kind of reversed um the the results there in a lot of ways. But uh obviously I'm excited about the movement skills and ability to cover, but this guy look he's not very big. He's listed at like 5'10, 183 pounds. I hope he's 5'10, 183 pounds. But he plays so far above his weight class. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like he doesn't get stuck on some blocks and has a hard time getting off of contact, and that there are some instances where he will fall off tackles, just doesn't have the mass and functional strength to get everybody down. But my goodness, does he compete, right? There's never a passive moment when you're watching Clark Phillips, when he's playing off contact, when he's trying to tackle. I mean, this dude gets after it. He has that dog mentality about him, the way that he plays the game. And so you just feel like – This guy literally checks every single box that you want him to check. You just wish he was taller. You just wish he was a little longer. And you just wish he little had a little bit more mass. I'll tell you, if this guy was six foot, 190 pounds with 32-inch arms, this is a this is a surefire CB1. But unfortunately, you gotta have some size. Uh, concerns here that um, cloudy the evaluation. But I'll tell you, Kyle, as you've seen guys like Denzel Ward, as you've seen guys like Jair Alexander become some of the best corners in the NFL, it becomes easier and easier for me to buy into a player like Clark Phillips. We just have to make sure he's not super small. And so I'm very anxious to get that official measurement.
2: Sounds like a great player, right? And and you've talked him up for a while. And obviously the, the Rose Bowl last year really was kind of the Coming onto the scene from an NFL draft perspective. And I'm fascinated to get eyes on him because I I have corner's such an interesting position. Right? Like there's all different kinds of body types and skill sets that can project into different roles. And I'm really fascinated to find out. You know, just what the ceiling I think is with Clark Phillips and, and his respective role, because there's a lot of uh, upward mobility, I think for him in the, the actual draft.
1: Last note that I want to make on Clark is that I was able to reach out to two completely different people that have been around him. And the, the reviews are very, very, very favorable. Just a lot of, positive feedback for who he is and what type of player he is. So when you get that affirmation to go with his tape, makes it even easier to really buy in. Um, I,
2: any, anything else with Clark Phillips?
1: No, no, I'm good.
2: I committed a little bit of time to a player who is going to absolutely get paid. This offseason in the NFL. And this is a player who I've appreciated because I've I've watched this player on a weekly basis. Oh, I know who it is.
1: Who's your guess? Should I write it down? Do you want me to write it down? Yeah, so that the, the, it? for dramatic effect, I think yeah, that would yeah, be a I, I don't want to ruin write that it for you. Yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me finish writing it. Yeah, and
3: then you hold it up to the camera when Kyle is saying the name. Okay, and then I got we'll, it. we'll make sure that you're good. Okay, got it.
2: The player that I'm going to talk about is Miami Dolphins defensive tackle, Christian Wilkins, and Joe had it right. Um, I'm looking at the average annual values of contracts across the NFL and the defensive tackle position, and you have Aaron Donald at 31.6. The Forrest Buckner is number two at $21 million. Chris Jones, 20. dollars Jonathan Allen, 18, Vita Vea, 17 and three quarters, Kenny Clark 17.5, Grady Jarrett, 16.8, Cameron Hayward, 16.4, and then Fletcher Cox 14. Joe, I'm gonna get on the soapbox and do the whole spiel, but where would you guess Christian Wilkins' next contract will fall in that lexicon of players and annual average values?
1: I think it's going to be really high. And I know it didn't specifically answer your question, but what bleeds into me just kind of saying that is a realization that over the last several drafts really maybe since that class where we got Wilkins and Quinn in at Oliver, Jeffrey Simmons, Dexter Lawrence, just an unbelievable class, man. We hadn't had dudes. We hadn't had dudes defensive tackle in a while. And this, the, two things, not only just the lack of players at defensive tackle in recent years, but how slow developing some of them have been, right? Like it's, they just, it's becoming like the new position that takes the longest to settle in and really make an impact. And so I think when you got a guy like Christian Wilkins, that brings all that he brings to the table, not just from a, you know, the dominant player, but you know, he's a culture changer. You pay the guy, so I I would guess very high in that lexicon of defensive yeah. tackles. I I would guess probably between eighteen
2: and and twenty. Yeah, would be yeah. my guess for Christian, and that might be surprising for fom- folks who, oh, look at the Pro Bowl and see the the sack numbers of the guys who made the Pro Bowl, and then you see Christian Wilkins played eighty three percent of the defensive snaps this year for the Dolphins and had that's three an insane and a amount. Correct. That's an
1: insane amount of snaps.
2: But only had three and a half sacks. So I, th- I think there's a couple things at a- play as far as the the sack production and, and why I don't think it's indicative of, of Christian Wilkins' value. Uh, Joe Christian Wilkins had 98 tackles this year. It's a ton. For a defensive tackle? Uh, he-, he was like six off the lead for the team. Six off leading the team in tackles. That's
1: insane, right? Nipping defensive on
2: tackle. the heels of... You're two inside linebackers in Jerome Baker and Elan and Roberts. So, and it's when you watch Christian Wilkins play, it's getting down the field, getting outside the numbers, attacking stuff that's quick hitting on the perimeter or stuff that's crossing shallow crosses across the middle of the field or sit routes 10 yards over top of the ball where he takes his rush track and then turns around and retraces the ball and tackles these guys 15 yards downfield. Uh, but, but you're not talking about a defensive tackle getting 18 to 20 million dollars a year for making hustle plays and getting down the field, right? It's it's about what are you able to do at the point of attack. And you watch Christian Wilkins week in and week out and he was he was one of the few players when the Dolphins had that stretch where they played on primetime for like three straight weeks. He showed up in every game. He dominated the Chargers. Just absolutely ate all of them alive. And it's quickness, it's leverage. And he was not, pad level was not a consistent thing with Christian Wilkins when he first came into the league. But you watch him now and his anticipation of where offensive linemen are leaning, his ability to stack, his comfort discarding. He's playing a slashing role more. He's got a monster number of tackles for loss this season. And including some of those where like, he, he beat 67 for the Jets at right, at right guard on, on Sunday. And he gets all the way through the gap. And 67, who I know is, is Chris is looking at me. He's, he's not a starting player. I understand that. But 67 tries to wash him and ride him. And Christian slants across his face through the gap, gets square, has 67 with both hands on his back. And Christian still peels back as the back is cutting and makes the tackle in the backfield on a ball that I believe it was Zonovan Knight, ended up fumbling the football and the ball popped up in the air. And he just makes this crazy athletic play. Chris, who are you, be res- are you? Be respectful
3: to Dan Feeney, please. Be respectful. Mm.
1: <laughs> Woo. Move on. So I'm talking about Dan Feeney.
2: <laughs> yeah. A couple guys on this show who missed got, on got. Dan Feeney when he came out. <laughs> so it's the blend of power. It's the blend of fundamentals, block deconstruction skills. The Dolphins are still a team that plays a ton of twists and stunts and gap exchanges up front, and against a lot of mobile quarterbacks, it kills them. Um, But nevertheless, when they are dialing up those kinds of looks, Adam Butler was cut in the preseason. Christian Wilkins has taken a lot of those reps in their rush groups, and he is setting stunts and twists for other players. So so he's more of a facilitator in the rush game as compared to somebody who is really, truly just let off the hook, not to say he's not capable of doing it. So uh, I just wanted to give him some flowers off. Obviously, he he got very close to 100 tackles this year, and that's obviously a huge number for a defensive tackle. But I watched the game tape of the Dolphins-Jets game yesterday, and just the continued dominance that he has, I don't think people appreciate just because the sack numbers have been modest and he has eight sacks in the last two seasons combined.
1: Christian Wilkins played 952 snaps for the Dolphins this year. That is 37 more than the next highest interior defensive lineman, Chris Jones at 915. Shout out to Ron Payne at 907. No other player is above 874. You know who has 874? Zach Sealer what is going on with these yeah. defensive tackles man they play every snap couple
2: of de- and sealer's gonna get i know we we did check the tape on zach sealer a couple months ago <laughs> he's gonna get paid at some point and he he's probably gonna get paid like 12 mil
1: yeah pearl deserve it those guys are good and Chris, christian wilkins and uh josh allen are the new warren Sapp and brett farm so we have we have that going for us as well which is which is fun which is fun i like christian wilkins i Hopefully no Bills fans heard me say that because they, they might they're, uh, they're not you know, fans call for my hat. I like him as a player. I you know, look, he's got a couple of questionable moments on tape, but uh my goodness, yeah, he's he's a good football player, and there's no question about that. Check the tape. In Complete the books? Did we do it? in the, Did the we books. Do it? Fight on, my men. I'm hurt, but I'm, but not, I'm slain. not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. Patriots, Lions, Steelers. Welcome to the Levy Grail. Hopefully you're not back next year. Oh, well, you we have two. these Patriots and Steelers. Those were playoff teams last year. So. Yeah, this is our first time doing yeah. Levy Grail
2: for either one right. of these two teams. Right.
1: Oh, that just hit me. We had seven new playoff teams this year, right? Isn't that crazy? Half the field. That's just Half crazy. the field. Must be nice. <laughs> You know the other thing that's crazy about the playoffs? Jamie Eisner alerted, to this, uh, alerted us of this yesterday. All of the AFC playoff quarterbacks are first-round picks. The only NFC playoff quarterback that's a first-round pick is Daniel Jones. Isn't that – that's just Danny fascinating. Danny Dimes, baby. Fascinating to me how that all came together. Um, but Patriots, Lions, Steelers, we'll start – if we're okay with it, I'll start with the Patriots because, you know, I'm going to talk about their resources. Patriots have a ton – of resources. Now they enter this off season with the fourth most cap space in the NFL, $54 million and a ton of draft capital. Uh, they have a, this, this is their picks right now. 14, 47, 77, 107, 117, 135, 183, 186, 191, 209, 259. That is the seventh most powerful collection of draft capital that exists in the entire NFL. So you have draft picks, you have cap space, and you are a team that controls your own destiny entering week 18. I
2: would like to acknowledge this as it pertains to the New England Patriots. You mentioned all those assets. Who do they have coming off the books that is concerning to you as well? I'll read you their free agent class for this upcoming year as it currently stands. Nelson Aguilar, you bother? Bye. Bye. Uh, Thirty-five-year-old Devin McCourty, excellent player for throughout yeah. the course of his that, career, but
1: that's going to be one that's going to be like, man, that's like a a legacy player, right? Like I don't remember watching football without Devin McCourty,
2: right? Right. So, but he, I mean. And maybe they bring him back on a one year deal. I don't know, but if he wants
1: to if, play, I think you let him. I mean, like, yeah, okay, bud. <laughs> as long as you want to go, but
2: he's a good he, player. Here's the deal: the, the Patriots have how many safeties? Like twenty, like yeah, a thousand.
1: I think I think a thousand and twenty actually. My math. Score.
2: Uh, cornerback Jonathan Jones, in the midst of the revival that the corner room has had with their young guys, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a backbreaker deal, but they, they could certainly resign him. Jacoby Myers is a guy you're going to get want to get back under contract. Uh, Isaiah Wynn, Matthew Slater, 37-year-old special teams guy, Cody Davis, Jabril Peppers, again, another one of those those rotational players in that very deep safety room, Joe Juan Williams, Raquan McMillan, Carl Davis, Marcus Cannon, James Ferentz, Connor McDermott, Yanni Kajust, Mack Wilson, Miles Bryant, the only one of note is Damian Harris, and you have Ramondre Stevenson. Mm Mm-hmm as your lead back at this point in time, he's taken over that role fairly comfortably. So like, okay, go. If you want to re-sign McCourty to a one-year deal, re-sign Jacoby Myers. If you want to re-sign Damien Harris, I don't think you'll pay a running back. Fully transition into, to Ramondre Stevenson. And the rest is just whatever, you know, like the, the foundation that they have right now is the lead, the launch point for whatever they choose to do this upcoming
1: offseason. This next talking point is going to sound like I'm tongue in cheek and delivering something backhanded, but I assure you it's not because I know that we criticize Bill Belichick at every possibility here on this podcast as a, um, as a podcast that is literally a bills fan a Miami dolphins fan and a jets fan. So I think you can understand why we can unite over that a lot of times. Say what you want about Bill Belichick. He's announced that he's coming back for next year. and, the success that he had with Tom Brady speaks for itself. But in the three season sense, I I think he deserves some flowers. Because he went seven and nine with that cam team that didn't have anything, right? Like that team was awful. Seven and nine. Last year in, in Mac Jones' rookie season, they were a playoff team. And this past year, they went into week eighteen in control of their own destiny. Bill Belichick knows how to coach football and win football games. And like I said, they we've we've been critical, but I think you do have a baseline here that you can expect as a Patriots fan. You're you're no worse than a seven or eight-win football team, but you're going to have a ton of reinforcements to go with that. And surely the offensive coaching situation will be better, right? I, I don't think we go can get live Bill in a O'Brien. World where, Yeah, the Bill O'Brien or the Cliff Kingsbury's part of that conversation. It's going to be better. It, it will be. It can't be worse. So I think you can kind of Chris. mix all that together and feel good about – Chris, that was not derogatory that's hope for the future I don't want to hear it uh, you can mix all that together and feel good about your your opportunity in 2023 he said Cliff Kingsbury he said really
3: we're being positive on the show I cannot say anything to the country you don't we're think that positive. Cliff
1: Kingsbury can't go run his scheme and get production on a Mac like you don't think that would be great for Mac as opposed to this McDaniel scheme and then whatever the hell this was this year like Cliff would be great for Mac and I'm not a Cliff guy See,
2: I think the, the the conflict that I have if you're gonna go with a guy like Cliff and I'm just, we're, we're just spitballing now because we're talking coordinators for the Patriots. don't you think that gets too far away from from the, from the the ground identity that this team has been so rooted in for so long?
1: I think no so I love that you asked that question because one thing that I've said about the Cardinals, about what I thought they needed to do was embrace the ground game to go with their spread passing offense. And so I think you can continue. I mean, come on, it's gap runs, man, like run your gap runs and then implement this spread offense that I think would allow Mac as a quick triggered quarterback that, you know, does have some accuracy that has the ability to push the ball down the field. I think you can get the most out of him and take away some of the stuff that really kind of has impacted him, which has been some of those second, third level blitzes. And I think that that scheme can take advantage of it. So I think you can maintain a lot of your run game principles, but incorporate a, a much a much better passing game to maximize what you do have in Mac Jones, who is now my, one of my talking points here was that Mac has now seen a lot of football, right? He was a one-year starter at Alabama. He's now had two seasons in the NFL. Like there's a, there's a time on task and an experience perspective that is going to help him and benefit him going into next year.
2: You've stated a very,
1: very compelling case for the New England Patriots. I have more in the tank here. Um, how about this pass rush? Josh Uche, uh, Matthew Judon, Dietrich Wise, Christian Barmore. I mean, that was as good as anybody this year in terms of their ability to to create pressure, get sacks. I mean, that was a really good group. Josh Uche was an absolute breakout star uh, this past season. I think you had – As a pass rusher. As a pass rusher. I'm
2: excited to see if he can be a more well-rounded player. And we're only saying positive things. Right. But for Uche, the challenge is take that growth and now try to facilitate that on, on the early downs. Mm-hmm. And then the Patriots will really be a
1: problem on the edge. I think Juwan Bentley had his best season at linebacker. Kyle Duggar feels like he's really starting to come into his own. So you got some players here, not to mention Marcus Jones, who as a corner, as a return guy, you know, he he's a, a difference maker in a lot of ways as well.
2: Yeah, for, for the flack that their rookie class caught for the decision to draft Cole Strange in the first round and the questions that we had about drafting the smaller corners and Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, like those guys, you know, in, in various stretches, I know Cole Strange was kind of up and down, but especially the DBs, they gave you some really good contributions throughout the course of this year. So you have to feel good about what those guys are going to be for you moving forward as well.
1: Coast range got a lot better as the season went along. I think you can look at that IOL with Strange, Andrews, and Unwain and you and feel like you, you're set there. Probably got a good group. Yeah. Yeah, you do. All right. Can we, can we be done with the, with the Patriots? Yes. Let's move All right. On. De- Detroit Lions. Our Lions, baby. Oh, brother. This, this one's going to be real easy. Cap Space, you got $27 million, 12th most in the NFL. You have got. Premium, And I mean premium draft capital for Brad Holmes, who's done a really nice job uh, with premium draft capital to this point. You have picked 6, 18, 49, 60, 82, 153, 182, 193. You have the third most powerful collection of draft capital in the league. More young talent is coming for the already young and talented Detroit Lions. So that
2: this was the thing with Detroit. I did the mock two weeks ago. And I got to like the second, second round pick. And I'm like, I don't know what to pick because (laughs) I feel like they've got like young options in a lot of these spots. So the challenge for Detroit is this, just draft good players, Just And that's
1: it. You trust Brad
2: Holmes is going to do that. But like every time you get on the board, like I would be totally uninhibited by positional need. I'm just drafting the best players that I possibly can so that you can continue to steamroll this momentum. And you know what? If it's on the defensive line, you got personnel rotations. If it's on the offensive line, you got to find five a combo of five guys to get on the field. If it's a wide receiver, I don't think you're going to have a problem finding reps for another wide receiver. If it's another running back, I don't think you're going to find problems getting reps for an additional running back. If it's a DB, like you just go down the list, right? It's like just take the good players. Mm-hmm. And you you still have enough of a blank slate that player development is going to create some variance and players that continue to get better versus players that don't. Take advantage of that and just go out. You got all these high picks. It's a smorgasbord. Go crazy, but go crazy with getting the best players that you possibly can. Don't don't strap yourself and fall into the trap of, oh, well, we got a draft for need. No, you don't. I promise you, no, you don't. Right. Just pick the best players you can get your hands on.
1: And that could fall so well for them. Yes. I mean, give this team B, John. I, I mean, come on now. What a great pick that would be. You're going to be defensive tackles. you're going to be linebackers. There's going to be players you can get here. Um, So this offense was humming all season long. Jared Goff, off, obviously a great season. Jamal Williams breaking Barry Sanders' record for touchdowns in a season. What? He might be my uh, favorite non-Miami Dolphin oh, player in the NFL. He's a dude. He's an absolute dude. Um, not to mention great and pass pro, all the touchdowns. Armand Ross St. Brown, 1,000 yards. Jamison Williams is going to be healthy next year. I think this team has uh, – uh, this is a hot take, and I haven't fully vetted this, but I think there's a strong case to be made. <laughs> there's a strong case to be made that the Detroit Lions have the best combination of tackles and center in the NFL with Taylor Decker, Penny Sewell as your oh, tackles, and Frank Ragnow as probably. your center. Yeah, I mean that – I mean – <sighs> Maybe the the Eagles with Kelsey and Mylata and, and Johnson that that probably rivals it for sure. Well,
2: Kelsey's Kelsey get ready to be done here. So,
1: well, yeah, but I, I mean, bottom line is we're talking about upper echelon at the most important spots on your offensive line.
2: And oh, by the way, uh, you didn't have Big V.
1: Right, right. Your guard. I mean, you had some injuries at guard all season he'll, long. To be honest, right? Probably he'll probably be a cap casualty. Yeah, and that's fine. It's fine, yep. right? You know, I don't think you have to because sweat that because at all. you you
2: or guaranteeing you're not going to play two questionable players next to each other because you got two good right. tackles and a good
1: center. Right. Uh, defensively. I mean, come on now, Aiden Hutchinson, one of the defense rookie of the year candidates, James Houston. Holy smokes. What a find. He was my only McNeil's a stud. John Kaminsky had a great season. For he this did. team. that's probably, I'm glad you mentioned him. He was really good this year. Uh, Josh Pascal really came on late. Jeff Akuda has a pulse. Come on now, let's go. Jerry Jacobs is another corner. That's kind of young and up and coming. Kirby Joseph, obviously. I mean, the young talent, Malcolm Rodriguez. I mean, the young talent on this team is just overflowing. I think the challenge for Brad Holmes, as he continues to add a ton of young talent is to kind of find your jamal williamses right of the world to kind of balance it out lean on your taylor deckers lean on your your golfs you know your your veteran players even anzalone i don't know that he had a great year but i think he mattered for a team like this i think you kind gonna have to find those veterans to go with all these young players but my goodness i i, I think even lions fans who are conditioned conditioned to not buy in right to kind of put those hands up and say no I'm not I'm not gonna let myself get hurt I think they're even warming up to it because it's that obvious what this team has in front of them
2: we've talked about a lot but can we give Dan Campbell some freaking flowers here is there do you have any question in your head right now whether or not Dan Campbell is the right kind of CEO coach to be a successful NFL head coach
1: no doubt no doubt I
2: know, and you you got Aaron Glenn, and you got Joe's favorite person on the entire face of the planet as your coordinators, (laughs) right? So you can look at both sides of the ball, and you can say, okay, like, Dan Campbell might not be the identity piece of either side of the football, per se, but he's the identity piece for the DNA of the team Mm -hmm. and the demeanor that the team brings. And for this team to be down the way that they were when they – fell to one in seven? Was it one in six, one in seven?
1: Something bad, 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 yeah.
2: And the climb out of that hole the way that they did with the ferocity that they did, the defense turning its entire season on a head, on its head. You know, from a a culture perspective and from a, a city and community perspective, Dan Campbell's a perfect dude to be out there in Detroit. And I'm I'm so excited to see what he does with that job. As somebody who got a chance to experience Dan when he was the interim coach in Miami, and he ended that season, I wanted Dan Campbell to get the head coaching job. So I'm so happy that he is making the most of this opportunity in the midst of all of the kind of snickers and the jokes about the football guy and the kneecaps and all that stuff. And we have fun with it too, but like, there's a lot of people who heard it and they dismissed Dan Campbell as some kind of idiot. I promise you he's not and I guarantee you every single one of those guys in that locker room would run through a brick wall for Dan Campbell.
1: And and the guy like Dan Campbell and and one thing that I don't think we we give enough attention to is just how coaches develop too. Right, we talk about player development, well, coaches develop too and I think we've seen that and we've seen Dan get in his own way at times. Um but I I think that's gotten better and I think it will continue to get better. And as he uh, as he signed off to his team in the locker room after ending the Packers season, sweeping the Packers this year. He said, all roads lead through Detroit, and damn it, I'm in. We good here?
2: Uh, Real quick, just expiring contracts. You you mentioned about their resources and stuff, but this is another team. Jamal Williams is a player who – you're going to have to figure out if you want to bring him back. I can't imagine they, they would not want to bring him back. It's a question of of the value now with how well he performed. And I understand the, the yards per carry and the explosive runs are not really there. But you talk about big presence in the locker room and culture guys. We talked mentioned that with Christian Wilkins. Like, Jabal Williams was one of the guys. You saw it on hard knocks. Just what, what playing the game of football means to him. Um, Anzalone. Deshaun Elliott, Austin Bryant, Kaminsky is a significant one. Ouyari kind of took a step back this year after some promising play. Only knows like that's it for extensive free yeah. agents that Detroit is getting out the door. This is why you do this kind of rebuild stuff, right? Is you kind of flush the system, and as you identify winning pieces, they're they're young, they can be a part of the nucleus, and a lot of these other guys can kind of get phased in, phased out. I did not mention Will Harris. Will Harris, was some some pretty solid contributions to them throughout the course of this year as well. So um, they don't have to worry about a lot getting out the door. And now just like we talked about with new England, it's stacking from here. This is uh, the, the ceiling this year is the new floor for next year. As far as your, your talent allocation goes.
1: Ready for the Steelers. Let's do the Steelers. Yeah. The Pittsburgh Steelers who never have a losing record ever. You have $17 million in cap space. That's top, top half of the league, 15th most in the NFL. Draft picks, you have pick 17, 33, 50, 33, Kyle. They have pick 33. You can thank the Chicago Bears for that. That's 81, 122, 36, you have the 14th most powerful collection of draft capital in the NFL. So I think you have a, a, a decent amount of resources at your disposal as you enter the offseason to improve your football team.
2: So let's start with this uh, for the the Pittsburgh Steelers. You've got a really good pass rush group. All you (laughs) think about TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Cameron Hayward. Ogden Joby's an expiring contract this year. Whether or not you bring him back is, is ultimately to be determined. But you think about those guys as the nucleus of the group, and you feel really good about, you know, your defensive identity and who you are and what you're able to do week in and week out to disrupt opposing quarterbacks and and have some success, I think it gives you a very clear vision for who you are and, and how you attack this offseason to complement what you have in-house.
1: I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Alex Highsmith. He had a phenomenal season. Um, I don't know if I did or I at least came close to submitting his name Um for our defensive player of the year uh, ballots that we submitted for the draft network. Uh, he was, he was on my mind, which lets you know what I think of Alex Highsmith. He's, he's been really, really good. And obviously TJ Watts, one of the best players in the NFL. Um, and I think you do have a, just, I mean, that entire nucleus defensively is so, so strong. I think you meant, yeah, to mention Minka Fitzpatrick in that conversation, Cam Sutton has been a really, really consistent player. And I think when you look at how they can improve, and I think they got some some decent contributions at their corner room, I, I think that their ways to improve aren't all that big of a deal. I think maybe a little bit more depth up front, linebacker, and then just piecing together the rest of the secondary. Like I think you have a, a clear path to what you need to do defensively, which is what I would say about offense as well, Kyle, where Kenny Pickett, I think, had a good rookie season, um, was able to step in and elevate that position, elevate the offense in a lot of ways with a, a, a nucleus of young players around him and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens at receiver. Pat Friermuth was terrific at tight end. I know you uh, recently shouted him out on this podcast. Say what you want about Najee Harris. He continues to be productive, and I think he'll be better with a, kind of a singular focus on just getting this offensive line right where I, I don't think you have a huge like, ro- path ahead of you to, to get your offense better. I think you just got to get some offensive line help there. And so I think having defined needs with a really good base and nucleus around it with a head coach like obviously Mike Tomlin and what he's proven himself to be in the NFL, I think you should obviously feel good about your uh, ability to get back to the postseason next year.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I think if Pittsburgh really turns up this offensive line, yes, they could be really tough because you, you've got Najee, who you can run so much of your volume through. you got dudes, George Pickens this year with eye-popping catches seemingly every week who's going to be a staple on a rookie contract going into year two next year. Um, Kind of felt bad. I didn't realize the stat. Joe, do you know who was the wide receiver in the NFL with the most receptions and no touchdowns?
1: Oh, God, don't tell me it's pick. Is it Pickens? No. No. It's his teammate. Is it Deontay? Deontay,
3: Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Really? Was oh, it
2: 86 receptions? Wow.
3: It's uh, Yeah, but he, just does, he, he doesn't, he's he doesn't in have a touchdown 80s. all year.
2: Yeah, and he did not score a single time. I I believe I saw it's the statistic. The statistic is it is the most receptions an NFL player has ever had in a season and not scored a touchdown.
3: Wow! And the worst part is he had that huge play on Sunday in which he broke a bunch of tackles and like went down at like the one, and then on the next play, Najee fumbled.
2: Right, (laughs) right. The team didn't. (laughs) Jeez, (laughs) it's like quintessential like summary of Deontay Johnson's season. So, but I mean they they paid him, they locked him in, so defensively, look, back seven, get better up the middle. If you decide you want to go out and get corners, like, okay, cool. Like Cameron Sutton's an expiring contract. I, I think there's probably some upgrade opportunities there, but I don't think it's, it's super urgent with Minka. And, and I really think you, you get a little bit more in the safety room with, with Terrell Edmonds as an expiring contract and, and Cameron Sutton is expiring contract at corner. And then Devin Bush, Uh, at linebacker being expiring contract and potentially trying to upgrade for miles Jack as well. Um, Those areas should not be hard to find it's linebackers and safeties, right? So offensive line early premium investments, and then try to get some, some of the players at those non-premier positions to really help build upon what you have up front. I
1: think they're going to be okay. And you can always remember you have the logo in the NFL with the most different colors. And the Can't head it. coach who's never had a losing season, <laughs> right?
2: So you, you talk about gonna. the benchmark for for the Patriots and your eight nine win team with Bill Belichick, boy, well, you're guaranteed to be a nine win team with Mike
1: Tomlin. <laughs> That's nice to walk into the season with right. nine. Yeah, wins, we'll right? have nine. You know, we
2: might we might start two and six, but we'll still <laughs> we'll still get there. Don't worry.
1: They should be much better equipped to hit the ground running next year, right? Yes, with I would define quarterback year two for Kenny not having to go through draft prep like all that stuff's going to be a, be a big benefit for him who you know, I think it's important that he showed the clutch gene like he did as well late down the season you know that matters a lot yeah. too
2: let to say what you will about the efficiencies or inefficiencies at the end of the day Kenny Pickett made a lot of plays when they yeah. needed plays in big moments and that you have to He's feel confident well. too right I love that about him super confident guy Joe cool kind of guy comfortable in his own skin let well, that's going to do it. Levy Grill, we got, what, two teams tomorrow? Christopher,
3: how about the pace, man? I know there was a lot of concern. There was concern from you that we were not going to be able to get all of this into the show, but we did hear. Uh, yes, tomorrow on the show, we have... The weekly watch list for all the playoff games. We have the Levy Grail, the Titans, and the Packers. And we have a big board, folks. The top five favorite cities that we have been to. Shout out to my guy, Andrew, who wanted this as a takes-on-takes or a tier maker. No, no, no. Big board. We're going to put the pressure on. A big board of the favorite cities that we have visited. I've already been thinking about it, too. It's tough. It's a tough list to put together.
1: I've learned a lot about myself as I've tried to stack this. I'll share it tomorrow. So that is what Chris. you can
2: look forward to on the show tomorrow. Yes, what, would you, what would you set the odds that Bozeman's on the list <laughs> for Joe? Very yeah. high. <laughs>
3: probably inside the top two.
2: Yeah, I'd set it, it at i I'd set it, it at minus two. minus five hundred that Bozeman's at yeah. Joe's top yeah. five. <laughs> Bozeman's going to
1: be number one. If and you then need to launder some money, get your get your bets in. And then where he currently lives is going to be number two. <laughs> I think so? Mm, yeah,
2: I think so. No, I wouldn't
3: to say number two. To quote my friend, Joe, I love where I live. If I, if I didn't love where I live, I wouldn't live where I live.
1: Man, I love where I live, but it's not necessarily because of where I live. It's Joe, say less. Come on, you're going to give away the whole show tomorrow. Come on. Come on. We'll Tight it up. Wrap it up. We're Bye. done
2: here. Kyle Krabs, Joe, and Chris Schubert. Thanks to our friends over Bet on Life for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your day. We will talk with you all
0: again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.